Welcome to Get Celebritized with Araya McGarry. Araya is an Emmy award-winning TV show host, producer, director, author, and so much more. In 1999, Araya was told she would never speak again after having her left vocal cord nerve removed during cancer surgery. But against the odds and facing adversity head on, she found her voice, literally. And now she uses it to tell great stories of hope and inspiration to help motivate entrepreneurs to earn more, live more, and give back more. Now, let's get celebritized. Now, here's your host, Araya McGarry. Welcome again to Get Celebritized. I'm your host, Araya McGarry, and today I'm very excited to bring you someone that is going to so help you earn more so you can live more, so you can give back more. Because this woman is an entrepreneur, business owner, extraordinaire. She is multifaceted, talented, brilliant, and has run many multi million dollar companies, I believe, restaurants and all the good stuff. But let me give her a proper introduction because I really want you all to know to tune in, grab a friend because she's about to lay some gems onto you. If you're an entrepreneur or you're struggling, you want to scale and you're ready for some, some amazing tools and techniques to get you to that next level. Wendy Shore is my guest right now. She's a restaurateur, a CPA turned business strategist and advisor. She is called a big picture thinker and oh, is she? She is amazing. Wendy is a multi-potentialite who delivers real results. I asked her what that word meant. So you're not the only one if you want to. What does that word mean? She is the Swiss army knife for entrepreneurs. And we're going to talk to her about all the multifacets she has and all the multiple ways she can help the business owner, the CEO, the entrepreneur get through all the things needed to get to the high six figure, seven figure and above income, which if that's what you're striving for, do not turn out, tune out, you are in the right place. Wendy has helped many entrepreneurs to launch and scale their businesses in order to achieve financial freedom and success. So if you're ready for financial freedom and success, look no further. Here we go, Wendy Shore, let me bring her up to the stage. Woo! Wendy Shore, welcome, welcome to Get Celebritized. Yeah, I'm so excited to be here today. And who doesn't want financial freedom and success, right? Absolutely. Ooh, who doesn't want that? And who doesn't Wendy want to be celebritized? You know, preach it. <laughs> <laughs> Wendy, I've gotten to know you over the past year, year and a half. And the more I get to know you, the more we talk, the more impressed I have been with, wow, you know a lot of stuff and you're just brilliant. And it's not something that you just pour into people that are just in your space. You really have to have conversations with you and get to know you because you're not somebody out there trying to say, buy from me, buy from me. I've got the answers. Yeah. You're very selective in who you talk to. Your clientele is a very selective VIP clientele. So I'm really honored to be able to snag you and get you on this show. So you can give some of those tools and techniques to my audience, as well as, as a woman, you've been through some things that could have stopped you. And, that's, and that does stop a lot of women. So I know you're going to be some vulnerable and, and raw and honest today with some of those things. So before we get into that, when Wendy, tell us a little bit more about 
What? I love your verbiage. You're kind of the Swiss army knife for entrepreneurs. Tell us a little bit about all those talents that you have for the entrepreneur CEOs. <laughs> Thank you. Um, well, so here's the thing. Visual. It's great. <laughs> um, I didn't coin that, but I do love it. I have to say, <laughs> you know, when you're an entrepreneur, you do so much, right? There's so much you have to know and there's so much you have to do. Um, and it really helps if you have the ability to do certain things. So as a Swiss army knife, I, you know, you mentioned earlier, I'm a restaurateur, right? And as a restaurateur, oh God, what I did not learn as, as being in the restaurant business, um, I own seven restaurants and- At the same time? Um, four at the same time and oh, seven, seven all day. Wow. And you learn a lot, you know, start with humility you learn how to multitask. If that's such a thing, it kind of is, it kind of isn't. Yeah. You have to be um, a leader. Learn, right? <laughs> you learn patience. Oh, gosh. You know, you learn inclusion. You learn scheduling. You learn teamwork. You learn leadership. When you're in the restaurant business, and I almost think everybody should get their first, their feet wet in, in entrepreneurship in the restaurant business because I of did. all those things you learn. And if you can succeed there, it's like being in New York. If you could see, succeed there, you can succeed anywhere. <laughs> Amen, Wendy. And you know, you also learn bookkeeping and P&L, you know, that profit and yes. loss and how to run inventory. Because you know, I, I, you're speaking my language because I started in the restaurant business when I was 15 after I had my own dog walking business at 11. And I learned so much from being in the, in the restaurant business just as a server and then bartender, yes. just everything that goes on, how to open up, how to close, how to do inventory at the end. You learn a lot and I don't even want to know how you run one and be the owner that is just all well, consuming you know here's the other thing you also learn that things don't always go right and that they you don't they right i know there's <laughs> when a things nugget. go wrong as they sometimes will when the road you're trudging seems all uphill that's one of my favorite <laughs> poems by the way <laughs> i love that <laughs> um no i mean you know you have to learn to pivot you have to learn to change directions you know the kitchen gets backed up you're the face between the kitchen and and the customer right as a server as a bartender you're that person who has to explain to them why things aren't going the way they're going and you can do it with grace you know and and style and still make them feel warm and welcoming you know um or you can be one of those servers who's just like you know the ones who don't make it because of impatience so I think part of it has to do with being a people pleaser, you know, which which is a good thing and a bad thing, both, you know, but when you want to make somebody happy, when you your intent is about them and not about yourself, you know, I think you go out of your way to make somebody more comfortable, um, which is another thing I believe you learn, you know, very well in the restaurant business is customer service, you know, which and, is really and about big. the customer journey. Absolutely. Yeah. So, Wendy, being a, re a restaurant owner and entrepreneur CEO and running those seven restaurants, can you tell us uh, what would be like the three top skills, three top things that the solopreneur, because, you know, you and I, we work with a lot of uh, women entrepreneurs now, and they tend to get stuck in the solopreneurship where they're doing all things themselves. And as a restaurant owner, I know for a fact you had to run staff, you had to run schedules, you had to lead people. And to go from a solopreneur to an entrepreneur CEO of a company, even if you're running it right from your home in your on your kitchen table, you need team, you need staff, you need VAs, you need 
did all the things in order to scale to those six, seven, eight figures. So what are some of your top inside tips that the solopreneur may not be thinking or don't know that they don't know that they need to know? Oh God, you know what? So depending on where you are or where you're starting, obviously is what you have to figure out what you don't know. Um, one of the things I think is crucial is that you run your company by the numbers, meaning you need to know your numbers, you need to know your financials. And if you don't, that could throw you off tremendously. You know, and even, even if you're, and if you're just looking at your sales, that's another problem because you have expenses and you could be spending too much in one direction. So you're always wanting to look and see and make sure that things are on target. So you do want to budget and it doesn't have to be super intense. You know, I always make say more than you spend, make, make more, more than you spend. You and spend. where can you save? Yes. Without affecting one. your business, you know, that's because you one. don't want to save money to affect the quality of what you're offering either. You know, that's, there's a lot that's of holes in people's boats. I've noticed, Wendy. You know, a lot of these auto debit things and autos of you forget these subscriptions, all this stuff that right. is being drained out of your account that you maybe forgotten you subscribed to two years ago, three years ago. So, do what do you do? You suggest that's a good little tactic to make sure all those are plugged up. Well, I'm hoping you're not really doing that with your business. You know, I think we tend to do you that hope, more with our, our yeah. personal. You know. Um, yeah, but if you save personal, wouldn't that also save because they'll be they can put that that they save into their business? Well, so, well, yes, yes, okay. absolutely. Um, the more money you have, obviously, the more you can pour back into your business, into your life, into other people. You know, I know you always love to say you make more so you can spend more and give more. Right. So when your cup is full, you're able to give more. So you always want to watch your numbers. Um, and again, not to the detriment of your business, but to improve your business. And I think in, in my journey, one of the best examples I can give you of this and the reason I left the restaurant business um, was I had a group of partners. And one of the partners was my mentor. And he was an amazing man who was in real estate and he liked being in the restaurant business. So um, after 2008, when I lost everything because of the crash, and we'll talk about that another time, um, you know, I could have given up, but I love the restaurant business. And so I wanted to do more. So this gentleman who was my friend's uncle invested in a restaurant, we were partners with another group of people and things were great and, and it was doing well and we had a great reputation and we were known for all the things that my restaurant was known for, which is good warm service. So, you know, I've my restaurants warm have been service, described as like food. the cheers. What's that? Warm service, warm food. Warm service, yeah. Hot food, cold drinks. <laughs> um, <laughs> we've been called the cheers of Boca and Del Rey. I mean, you know, we really wanted to know our customers, know your name. Um, I had been quoted uh -huh. as saying, it's not about, you know, just the food, it's everything till the moment you walk out the door. So it's really that. the journey and the experience. And, and I know we talk about that a lot today, but that's always how I ran my businesses. And uh, when Mr. Goldstein passed away, I was left with a group of people who I didn't know quite as well. And we did not see eye to eye on what it meant to run a business. So they were only concerned about the numbers. And again, I told you your numbers are important, right? but your customers and your clients are more important because without them, you don't yeah. have numbers. 
Exactly. Great point. Great point. So they wanted to cut the quality of the offerings, what we were offering. They wanted to cut the portion size and all in, in all to make more money. And I said mm-hmm. to them, yeah. if you do that, first of all, we're known for a certain thing, right? We're known That's for brand. Yeah, exactly. Stay on brand, large portions, high quality, reasonable price. We weren't the cheapest, but we weren't the most expensive, right? But you were getting the same quality as if you went to the most expensive restaurant. And the people down here in, in Boca and Del Rey, they knew quality. They were from New York. They were from all over the world and they came down here, right? And right. so they knew quality. So after fighting with them a little bit, um, I had taken some time off. I uh, had a death in my family and I took a few days off. A few days. In that time, they changed everything. I walked in. All the stock on the shelf was different. The menu was different. The prices were up. The portions were down. And I, for the first time in my life, I felt that I had to give up. Mm. What stopped you from giving up? Because that's um, Well, I I actually left that business because here's the thing. I couldn't put my face on that business. I mean, when I lost everything because of the crash of 2009 and had to kind of start, I just pulled myself up by the bootstraps and I kept going. But when you're fighting with City Hall, so to speak, so it was them against me and I couldn't get them to see my point of running a business. It's not just about money. It's about Mm. the customer. It's about, you know, even when you expand and you grow, it's all about your brand and bringing forth the best that you can bring forth. And Wendy, what I'm hearing from you right now, too, is really, really important. I want everybody to really zone in on because I know you believe this. Sometimes you have to know when to walk away, that your brand, your your reputation is more important than somebody else dragging it down. And if you can't fight City Hall and you've tried everything and instead of succumbing to doing it their way to sometimes know, always know right. when the time to walk away and go on to something else. Cause you've done that and you've pivoted very well, but you had some hard stops along the way Yes. before we get into that. Cause I do want you to talk a little bit about some of the crashes you've had. Cause that makes you real. And that's what my listeners want to hear. Well, sure. When he did it, she's been here and done that, but they don't hear those times when crashes happen, like really bad crashes. So we'll touch on some of those and what did get you, what worked to help you pull up from your bootstraps. But you, you reminded me of something really funny, Wendy, because I know you understand this and I want everybody to understand this. Don't think your customers aren't smart. I'll never forget when I was, I think I was, I don't know, I must've been in high school. I was in New York city and a new ice cream parlor opened up on the East side. And never forget all of us after school went over and the big, the big uh, talk was they give the biggest scoops. So I remember there was a Baskin Robbins. I think it was a Baskin Robbins that opened up because that I think was the only one we had like in that area on the East side. And we said, you've got to go to the new Baskin Robbins. It was like on 84th street and we would go, they pile on, you'd order one scoop and it was like, two and a half. It was big. And so as young girls, we thought, oh, wow, this is the greatest place. They did that for several weeks. But in short order, they started making those scoops less and less and less. Before you knew it, I mean, we're not stupid. We're your customers. We would go in there and get expect those big scoops. And they were so small by the time they got were done with us that we didn't stay. It was like, oh, as teenagers, we knew better that, well, that's not right. 
And so don't think your customers don't see if you start pulling away, pulling away, whether it's service, whether it's quality, whether it's portions, whether it's value, doesn't matter. They will notice they are not stupid. No. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, so yes. they, they're smart. So always give more value. Your price is your value is higher. My partners were not as smart as my customers. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Customers are always smart, always smart. So, Wendy, give us some more tips because you're on a roll of things you've learned through this. So the restaurant business is not easy, not for the faint of heart. And we really want to pick your brain because that is a tough business to succeed in, and you've done that. So what are some other uh, key nuggets that we should know that you've learned along the way in any business that you've done that that solopreneur needs to know now to, they know they need to know their math, they need to know their numbers, and they need to truly value their customers. And I love that you said, don't scrimp when it comes to the customer, save money in other areas that doesn't affect them. So what else? Oh God, as you were saying that, I think the one thing that's most important is know your own worth. Oh, that's know good. Know your own worth. That's good. What do you mean? Explain. Well, you know, so I, I, I started telling you that in the crash of 2008, um, and you have to realize that I, although I'm in Florida, our area is a lot of people from the Long Island, from Long Island, New York, and they were involved as investors with Bernie Madoff. Oh my gosh. And yes, a oh really gosh. big portion of my clientele, um, a fairly wealthy clientele, they lost money overnight like that. Wow. And so um, I had just spent a million dollars on a restaurant, my own money, plus to get a loan for a million. And I built this beautiful restaurant. It was an ultra lounge. It was called Lola, L-O-L-A, which stood for love often laugh a lot. And it was a little bit ahead of its time. So it was, I signed the lease in 2008 and the construction and opening was 2009. So I signed the lease on the height of the market. I was paying a lot of rent. I was ahead of the curve with the concept. I had an indoor outdoor bar, a fire pit, color changing walls. Oh, wow. So a little bit ahead of the curve and everybody loved it. Problem was they weren't spending money there. They were coming, but they weren't spending money. So my business plan and everything that I planned I was getting the amount of people I thought I would, but I wasn't getting the dollar spend because of the way things change. So in long short, I had to close that. I sold my my one restaurant. I closed that. At this time, I only had three. I sold the one in Coral Springs. I closed that and I kept the one Italian restaurant going and things were going great. And I actually spent the next few years from that restaurant paying the debt from Lola. And here's the funny thing, Aurea, and this, you know, it's how you live your life that really makes a difference. So I did not have a personal liability on many of these debts, but I felt like I had a moral obligation. I had vendors that kept me supplied when they knew things were tough for me. And so they supported me. I needed to pay them back. So I did, and it took a little bit of time. Good for um, you, wow. Healthy, by the way, my, my partner was one of the people of which I had a small loan. He had loaned me $50,000 to kind of keep some things going until I decided to close it down. And I did not have, I didn't have anything even in writing from him. I mean, we trusted each other that much. So I decided to pay him back. So anyway, I, I spent the next few years paying everybody and living and, and running my restaurant 
and just thought to myself, okay, I'm going to concentrate on this. And when my children go off to college, I'll rebuild the restaurant empire. Right. I mean, that was literally my, my plan. Okay. You know, you make plans and God laughs. So um, (laughs) my lease was up and the landlord wanted me to move to the larger space at the end. Well, I didn't have the funds to move to the larger space at the end because I just spent the past few years paying everybody back. I was clean. I was back right. around zero. Things right. were starting to go up again. You know, it was wonderful. People were spending in the economy. And he wound up giving the lease to a different Italian restaurant and I lost my lease. And now I had no restaurant. I had nothing. I literally had nothing. Um, and Shelly Goldstein, who was my partner for many years um, after that, he went to talk to my landlord on my behalf. And um, I don't know if I could share that here, but. Um, <laughs> he just did, so it's out there. <laughs> um, he went to talk to him and he came out and Shelly was probably in his um, either late 70s or early 80s. I never actually asked, but that's what I would uh, gone okay. And he came out and he had this like, you know, cigarette voice from, you know, I guess as a young kid, he probably smoked because everybody did back then. Right, right. right. And he came out and he said, you know, all the years that I've been doing this and I've been doing this a really long time. I have never met such a an asshole in my entire life. <laughs> oh, my and, God. And then he said to me, I believe you had a letter of intent and a lease for another location. And I said, well, as a matter of fact, Shelly, I do. <laughs> and he said, great. Oh. We're going to build a restaurant. We're going to find some other people. And we're going to build a restaurant for us to run together. And that's what happened. And that's what happened until Shelly died. And, um, so what's your biggest lesson learned in that? So well, give us some tips right in all that. Cause a lot happened and you lost and you, you win and you lose. I'm saying you are very resilient. So give us some of those tips that made you, you know, make it through some of these things. Okay. We're going to take this, but you're still here and you're still thriving. So talk to us about that a little bit. Well, you, you know what? I have to tell you. So I, I think it's, um, Marie Forleo who said everything is figure outable. I have that book. I love it. Yes. Well, I have to tell you, I used to say that in different words. I used to say there's a solution to every problem. Yeah. Right. I mean, everything's figure outable sounds so much cooler. But I know. (laughs) Wait, it is a book. (laughs) Um, Highly recommend it. It's a great book. I, I really feel like there is a solution to every problem. You know, there is always a something that can happen, something you can figure out. Just keep going. And I think that's the whole thing. You know, you can can lick your wounds for a moment, right? And and you can take the moment to say, what was me? Even, you know, if, if it was completely your fault or things were out of your control, doesn't really matter. Whatever happened, happened, right? You can't go back and you can't change it. So you go, okay, what's the next step for me? And then you make, make strides towards that next step. Now, I will tell you this. Um, Shelly Goldstein was a, a, the type of person who I like to think that I'm like that as well where if you and I have an agreement, we shake hands, it's better than a contract. You right? are, Wendy. You because are. we're both going to hold that, that end of the agreement. I'm not um, Unfortunately, Most people everybody else did not share that. And <laughs> so one of the things is um, I think going into that, I felt a little bit defeated. So even though we were doing that restaurant together, um, I made certain concessions that I wouldn't normally make in both my ownership percentage and pay and voting rights, um, which didn't matter until it mattered. And mm-hmm. so 
one of the things I learned from it is when you're negotiating your next thing, you may have some wounds, but don't negotiate from from a feeling of of Defeat. you know. I don't even know what word I'm searching for. Scarcity. You, you, what's that? Like scarcity. Don't come in with scarcity. Not scarcity, but don't be afraid. Don't be like, I need this because I I, I lost this, so now I need this. You okay. still have to stand up for what you believe in. And Confidence. you know, one of the things that I, I learned a long time ago is that, and I didn't take my own advice, is that you have to really believe it in order to achieve it. And, you know, we know somebody who always says take massive action, right? Yeah, we but, do. But, <laughs> and I love her to death, but she I don't always think you have to take massive action. I think you just need yes. to start taking action and Something. action, little, little actions lead to massive action, you and know, results. you got to start. So um, if, if you're negotiating from, from a feeling of not, of, of lack of self-worth, then you're not negotiating in your best interest. Great and, advice. Great advice. Yeah, Show up so, with confidence. So those are the things that I think I have learned. That those were sort of my takeaways. Mm -hmm. um, never negotiate. Um, you know, from from that feeling of uh, lack of self interest, and also, you know, imposter syndrome is going to hit you. No matter what you've accomplished in your life, it's going to hit you, um, and you can't let it, you know, and, and I know it's easy for me to just say that, you know, and not as easy to kind of get past it, but you can't let it get to you. You have to just, you Don't know, on it. feel the fear and do it anyway. You know, Amen. yeah, absolutely. And have a great team around you too. Cause you need those amen, that amen corner that pours that belief into you. Because if you are doing what you passionate about, you've got the skills, you know, you can always improve your skills and there's a reason why you're doing what you're doing. And if all else fails, you feel you're in the wrong business or it's just not jiving or you're not happy. There's times in some people's lives that say, okay, I'm going to do a 360 or 180, whatever it is. That's fine. But get a team. Don't do it alone is always my advice. And yeah. I love that you're um, saying Wendy, that it's, it's figure outable because my motto is, what is the alternative? If we don't figure it out, you know, you and me, Wendy, we're moms, you know, and many of my listeners are moms or dads or people that there's always somebody that's counting on you. And if we just give up, okay, well, what are you going to do? You're just going to lose your home, lose everything. You've got to figure it out. You got to try something else, be willing to do whatever it takes in the interim of maybe a new idea, a new venture, a new project, a new collaboration, because again, you've got to figure it out. You know, there's free mentorship out there too. If all else fails and you're at rock bottom, there's right. always a way up. If you are that type of person, I hope everybody is that says, okay, who do I need to know? What do I need to learn? What help can I get? And you know me, I just love nonprofits as well. I tell people there is no new tragedy, trauma, bad circumstances under the sun that hasn't been experienced before. And if you Google a nonprofit that supports that, that circumstance or that loss that you've had, I bet there's a nonprofit near you that will help you get on your feet because that's why they're in business. Whether it's, you know, the death in the family, being a widow, being a, a homeless veteran, you know, before you're homeless, you know, there's, there's, right. there's services out there for, for every situation almost. So what say you, Wendy, about something like that? Oh, no, I, I agree. And I think sometimes, you know, there's that, that pride or hubris that you don't want to 
let people know what you're going through. And like you just said, somebody's been through it, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, again, whether it's because of something you did or circumstances beyond your control that led to whatever it is you're going through, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter the reason because you can get past it, right? But you can't get past it alone. And, and you know, I love what you're saying about that. Um, you need a group, a support group, a team. And sometimes it's going to come in a form you didn't expect. Sometimes it's not going to be your friends, you know, because maybe they're not going to be as supportive as you want them to be because they don't understand what you're going through. Not because they don't love you, right? But because they don't understand. So I think finding the right people to support you both on your journey to recovering from whatever you're recovering from, whatever trauma you've gone through, but also in your growth. You know, it's, it's really important that as you grow, as you succeed as an entrepreneur, some of these people who love you are also going to be scared for you. And they're going to try and tell you, you can't do it. You absolutely can't. Oh, yeah. I, I had a conversation today with somebody who's very young, but he was told he's not going to be able to do it. And he's 12 months into his business and he's succeeding, right? Because he believed in what he was doing and he had the grit and determination to make it happen. So um, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I think that's one of the greatest things you can do is, is to surround yourself. And, you know, Aurea, earlier you were talking about leading, you know, and having a team. Um, and when you're a solopreneur and you're just starting out, you know, there's stuff you're doing that you don't like doing. There's stuff you're doing that has to get done. Um, and somewhere in between, you know, is the stuff you like that has to get done. So eventually you are going to have to, you know, hire somebody to do some of the things to take it off your plate. But even until that time, you know, I mean, as part of the mom link, and we speak with other mompreneurs and womanpreneurs, um, we talk about, you know, collaboration. And one of the ways you can collaborate is just to be each other's board of directors, right? Oh, so, that's good. So you don't have to be a nonprofit to have a board of directors? No, you, 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 a corporation has a board of directors, right? So, you know, I'm thinking of doing this or I need some advice in, in this direction. And as long as it's a group that's helping each other out, that everybody's contributing and everybody's helping each other to oh. succeed, it's a complete win-win situation. All right. Well, I'm going to dive into that, Wendy, because that's a really good idea. So let's talk a little turkey before, because I know we've, we've got, you know, we got some more, a little bit more time. So you're an entrepreneur, solopreneur, you're working, you work from home, whatever. You are the business, you're president, founder. It's, it's one of those businesses. Now you're saying get a board of directors, which I think is a great idea. I've always, you know, thought about you know, the mentors, whatever. So if you want to go to people, like we always say, smarter than you, and that's a skill set that you don't, have. I mean, you could get the job done, but let's say it's social media, let's say it's a CPA, or let's say it's um, um, editing or repurposing video, whatever it is. And you want to go to one of those people, several of those people, to create a board of directors. What is the approach? Like, what's in it for them? Let's say you're not sure if you have a skill set that they would need. They're maybe established. How does that partnership work? Well, here's the thing. It's not necessarily a partnership in you're going to do my video and I'm going to help you, you know, get celebritized. Okay. It's, it's more of their business is moving in a direction. So, you know, for example, for me as a strategist, right, and, and somebody who has a lot of experience in accounting and as a CPA or, you know, in a little bit of tax strategy, although I don't keep up with tax laws, so I don't give tax advice, right? 
Um, but I, I have ideas and I know things that, no, 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 don't do that. Like, that's a bad thing, to, right? So if you're thinking of expanding your business, if you're thinking of growing, if you're just looking for ideas, well, that's where I'd come in. So we would sit. And then if I'm looking to expand my knowledge reach, right? If I'm looking, you know, to help other people, to speak for profit, to speak for, you know, to let people know what I do, you know, you can guide me on that. And then maybe you're talking social media. So now we have somebody who does, you know, Instagram and they're looking to expand their practice, right? So you're saying I it's like a collaboration strategy. then, Wendy. So maybe the person, whoever the CEO is, that says, well, Wendy, I want to bring you on as a board member, but that person doesn't really have anything that you particularly need. But the community, she opens you up to the community and the growth. So as you're helping that person, he or she, grow, you have access to that community. Kind of like what the give back is because what would make it worth your time or whoever the board of directors time is if they're already successful doing their thing what makes that collaboration of uh, that equal opportunity um, i know new I, people I think it's your network. Out somebody. yeah you know it could be the network it could be um many different yes. factors and i think um i think the factors change depending on the business so for example Aurea, if you said, I want to put together a board of directors, right? And I was one of the people on your board of directors. Um, conversely, I'd want you to be on my board of directors. So as I thought about doing, and listen, it doesn't even have to be your business as in like, let's get celebritized and speak for profit. You've run nonprofits. You've, you have a vast amount of knowledge yourself, right? Right. And so as I am thinking of doing certain things, I may say, should I go into this market? I'm thinking of expanding and doing. Um, it's like an incubator. You have somebody to bounce ideas off of. Exactly right. And, and people may say that's a great idea or I would not do that because of this reason. But the thing is, is they have nothing to gain by telling you yes or no. And and if you succeed they're on your board. They have everything to gain by watching you succeed. That. I love that because I'm on board of directors of nonprofits and board of directors of the Emmys, which is a nonprofit. And I love that. And I see how we come together to point to because we're in that industry. So it makes sense that I'm on the board of governors for the Emmy Awards because the television that I made, all that. So I like what you just said about now, if you and I were in business, you say, hey, I want you on my board and I would be a good fit for your board. That's that collaboration. I love that. But if it's not a good fit, like you and I are like a perfect fit because we're just like, we're so like sisters. So <laughs> we help people the same way. We 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 speak the same language. We help in the same way. We don't conflict in any way, which I, we've just worked so well together. But if it was somebody, let's say somebody's brand new or really wanted, you know, they're at that next step. They want to get that board, but they feel intimidated because they don't feel like they would be um, at that level or somebody would want them to be on the board yet, but they want to reach up higher. I like what you were saying that it might just be a give back for that person that says, I want to give back. I want to turn around and help this new person in business or this person that has a good thought, a good business. And just by helping, it reminds me of the saying that it's really not giving. And do you give when you know that person could never pay you back? And sometimes we just have those in our business, in our life that can't do it all the time. We can't do it to hundred people, but you might really feel that this is the person I want to give my time to and help them grow. And there's nothing in it for me. And you never know who you'll meet from there, what blessing or, or prosperity you'll get from it, but you don't go into it. Okay. I'll do this. And you do this in that perfect contract. Right. So I like opening up to that. 
That was a really good tip. Building that board of directors, that that mentorship, that incubator of people smarter than you in different areas of your business. And why not ask people? You never know who's willing to say, hey, I want to sit on boards. I want to meet some new people. I want to network. Again, you never know from giving back just like that, what will happen to you. So that's great. Well, as we kind of wrap up this one, you're amazing. Tell us what you're doing now. You're not in the restaurant business anymore. So let's talk just a few minutes about what are you doing? How are you helping the entrepreneur? Because I'm going to put your website up here right now again, wendyshore.co, which is .co, because you are helping entrepreneurs in a big way strategize. So talk to us about what you're doing. So when you said, you know, about getting up by the bootstraps and and not letting the opportunity um, pass you by, sometimes the opportunity is actually changing, right? It's not staying on the path, but saying, okay, I see a little alleyway this way and I wanna go down this path that hasn't been explored yet. And so that's sort of what happened for me. I think I finally got so frustrated um, and didn't wanna be part of what was going on with the restaurant that I was a part of, because I didn't want to put my face to that, that I allowed myself to, you know, feel pity for myself for a little bit. And then I said, okay, I don't know that I want to do the restaurant business right now. I think I'm tired. I think I've been doing it for 20 something years. I've been putting in 80 hours a week for all that time. And, and, you know, as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, and I was both, I mean, that's what it took. And um, at first I said to myself, okay, I need to make money. I have bills to pay. So the first thing I did was I started getting jobs as a bookkeeper because I had the CPA knowledge. I was definitely overqualified, but just to start paying bills. Then I realized I cannot work for anybody. I haven't worked for anybody for a long time. Um, It's very difficult to go back to that. You know, I never had a nine to five mentality. Um, and I know the people that I was doing work for, and I had two part-time things going on. Um, but it was like, you have to be here at this time. You have to be here right. at this time. And I work hard. I was at my computer three nights this week till two o'clock in the morning because I had things I had to get done. And what are you doing? We want to but, know. <laughs> <laughs> I will tell you. But but at the same time, um, I had things to do during the day um, and I can put this out cause I know it's not going to air right away, but I'm planning my dad's 80th surprise birthday party. I'm very lucky. I have both of my parents. What's the date? Cause I'll make sure I don't air this before that. <laughs> oh no, it's, it's a Sunday. It's, it's oh, in two days. Good, good. So three days, whatever. <laughs> I don't even know what day it is. I'm so busy. So um, I can do that and I can run around during the day and then work till two o'clock in the morning because I am my own boss. So, you know, being an entrepreneur, you know, I know a lot of people who said, I'm going to open my own business because I don't want to work nine to five. Well, guess what? You're not going to work nine to five. You're going to work like eight to 12, right? And I'm talking eight in the morning till 12 at night. You right. know, it's not, you're not putting in 40 hours a week. And if you think you are now, eventually in time, you can scale. And when I had the restaurants, I was still putting in the time because I wanted to, but I could have stepped back a little bit when I had the multiple restaurants and before the whole crash. So I I said, okay, what can I do with all the skills that I have and what do I want to do? So it it started as a, well, I obviously can help with businesses to grow. I've written business plans. I wrote a a business plan for the SBA 
it was this thick. It was a three inch binder and it was literally that thick. I had every I dotted, every T cross, so I could help with business plans. Um, I can look at books and records. I can see if things just don't make sense in, in looking at the business. So that's actually how I started was I was being called in to look at financial statements and sort of strategize on the business, but I started with the financials. So I would say, okay, you have all this income coming in, but why aren't why isn't your bottom line bigger? And sometimes it was as simple as, well, the owner's son was using the company, you know, as their own personal check. Right, right, right. Okay, well, let's start paying him a salary. So at least you know where that money's going and you don't have to worry about that. But then from there we go, okay, what is the core of your business? What is your brand? Where can we find other sales opportunities? You know, if if you're if you're doing this, maybe you can fit right into this. Or maybe it's even as simple as why aren't you on Amazon with your physical product, right? Is there a reason you're not there? Um, and so are you saying you're a business strategist now? So if a business, there's a person that's in business, they would call on you to strategize the next step to help them scale. Would that be correct? Correct. But but I've also started because I think when, when COVID hit and because everybody was starting new businesses, um, I was actually on a big project until sometime towards the end of 2020. And uh, that's when I found really found Clubhouse in 2021. Yeah, I love it. But people were starting their own business, but they didn't know where to go. Yeah, and especially, exactly. you know, women who were home, they were home with their kids, they weren't going to work, you know, and they like, I need something to do. And they had skills, you know, they, they were good in their company job. But now they were either home and layoffs and everything that was going on. So I sort of pivoted again to helping women entrepreneurs to launch and to scale their businesses. Now, I did have somebody ask me the other day who was listening to me speak, do you help men? And yes, I do. And he's now a client and I love what he's doing. But I really concentrate on women because when you can help a woman and, and I got divorced back at the time that the entire economy crashed, I also got divorced. And by the way, I had no help. So I raised my two children by themselves, put them through school. I have two, I'm going to knock one, wonderful children. My daughter's going for her master's now. I, they're 24 and 27 as this is, is being recorded. And they're wonderful. They're really good kids. I had a good mama. <laughs> I had to do it myself. I did it all by myself hey, and it's not no, easy. Single motherhood. You do you it know? and you've done very well with that. So with um, helping people scale, tell us then like who you're saying women and some men. So people are going to come to you. Uh, what's your, what's your ideal client? Like where are they in their business? Is it they're just, they need a new idea or they have a business and they need to scale it. Cause I know it, it there's a different difference with, in some of the, right. the strategies. Some of them, like if they want to come clean slate, they're not sure how to pivot. The pandemic might've derailed them and they they just really helped them with clarity. Others really say, okay, come to me already having a business, even if it's a mess, but I can help you scale it and put in position. So tell us, you know, where you, where your best uh, expertise lies. You know, as a multi potentialite, I love it. Multi -multi I, have to Army Knight. I love it. So as a Swiss well, Army see, a, a multi, a multi potentialite is like a polymath, right? Except I'm not going to say I'm an expert at everything. I have a lot of knowledge, and I'm very good at a lot of things. Okay. And you know that expression that's saying, you know, um, jack of all trades, master of none. Yeah, it doesn't apply. <laughs> no, but let me tell you this. the it, it, People cut it. The actual expression is jack of all trades, 
master of none is sometimes better than, or is oftentimes better than master of one. Look at that. I didn't know there was more to that. Yes. Say it again. That was very good. Jack of all trades, master of none is oftentimes better than a master of one. Look at the, well, boy, that's yes. really edited the wrong way. Oh my gosh, did not know that. So <laughs> you really then are the, the, the expert in many things. So if people want to reach out to you and say, I want a strategy call, is that, would that be the first step for them to say, you sound so smart. You've run all these businesses. You know how to scale. I don't know where to start. I don't know what to do. Tell, tell the viewers and the listeners what they would do to just have a conversation with you to see if they would be a good fit. Do you help them kind of sort out some of that strategy on a, on a conference call or a strategy call? I do. I do. Okay. And to see where they're going. Yep. And you can get to me through wendyshore.co. Okay, um, Wendy Shore, which is S H O R E dot C O. Yep. And Wendy, I love that um, your little tagline was so fun. It's um, uh, what is it? Shore advice? Is that it? Yes. Shore, shore advice. advice. I love that because you shore are advice cool. for sure success. <laughs> shore advice for sure success. I love that. So uh, let's in, in closing, give us your best tip for an entrepreneur. And let's say they're in business, but they're still struggling. What is one? first step that they should do that you've learned over the years from having to pick up the pieces, pivot, completely change what you've done. You've done it as a single mom. You did it through the crash. You are a survivor for sure. You figure things out and nothing stops you. Give give us some uh, one or two tactical tips that if they're being derailed and something's happening or maybe they're going through a crash of their own, what say you? I think one of the best things you can do is to connect with somebody who's done it, who's been through what you've been through and is where you want to be because they've already carved the path. And I don't think I realized this until I did go through difficult times and, you know, things sort of came really easy for me in both my education, learning, and success up until that big crash of 2008. And that's when I really realized what I was made of, you know? So you don't realize, but but I didn't turn to somebody who had been there. And wow. so I think my struggle was more difficult. And I think I can say the things I would do exactly the same and the things I would never do the same because I've done it. And because I've been there. So if somebody can help you get from point A to point B with less discomfort and quicker, then I highly suggest you do. And sometimes it's the, a matter of just meeting the right group of people. Sometimes yeah. it's it's paying a consultant to do it, you know, and, and whatever works for you at whatever point you're in, in, you know, in your life and in your business, you know, there's no one right answer for that other than find somebody or some or multiple somebodies who have been there before. Well, Wendy, like I said, you're we're we're drinking from the same fountain. It's so smart. Why would you try to go from New York City to California if you had no idea how without a map that says here's how you get there because you know it knows how right. to get to that spot. It knows where the pitfalls are, it knows where the construction is and it will get you there. Otherwise, you think you'd ever make it if you got in the car to go anywhere that far distance if you had no direction. And here's, and here's the other thing, Araya. Right. And I love that you're saying this. And what I'm starting to think is, so if you don't, you know, you need a roadmap to get there, but then, you know, some people can get in a plane and fly there 
because they can get there quicker because they have the resources to get on a plane and some people have to make the drive, but that's okay. You're going to get there. Do what's best for you in that moment. Supersonic jet. Yes, that's you and I. We go fast from New York. (laughs) Get people there faster for sure. Wendy, you've been a pleasure. I'm going to ask you your one last question. I'm putting up your website one more time, Wendy. If everybody that is in need that feels like they just need some good, hardcore advice on their business, you have pulled yourself up. You ran multi million dollar restaurants. You know this industry. You know so many things as well as math and CPA and and finances. You really are. I don't want to say a jack of arts because you're you're more than that but you've got a brilliant mind and i hope they'll they'll tap into you wendyshore.co if you're listening a podcast it's wendy with a y and s-h-o-r-e.co and with that i'm going to ask you one last question because i think it's so important i'd love to ask all my guests this because it brings it all home to what we're doing it all for our why are we doing this so we can earn more and live more that's important. So we can give back more. So what is all this for? What is your legacy, Wendy? How do you want to be remembered? Oh, God. That is such a good question. It really is. Um, Why I asked. No. <laughs> you know, I think once upon a time, I wanted to be, my legacy would have been the greatest restaurateur of all time. But no, seriously. Um, you know, I think that... For the people who knew me or know me, um, I want them to always look back fondly and say, I remember when she helped me with this. I remember when, you know, I had this issue or I was going through something and she reached out to me. And Mm -hmm. I think that just having somebody who cares about you, you know, um, who really wants you to succeed is really important. And I want to be remembered as the person who helped people get to where they want to be. Oh, guess what? You're doing just that, Wendy. There is no doubt in my mind that it's going to be part of your legacy, but so much more than you haven't even begun to tap into. Wendy, thank you so much for being here with us on Get Celebritized. You're not only a brilliant, brilliant mind, brilliant business owner and entrepreneur and CEO of your own company. You're a good friend of mine. And I and I highly recommend anybody to get to know Wendy, find her on social media, tap into her because she will totally enhance your life. Wendy, thank you so much for being here. I love you. It helps you all earn more, live more so you can give back more. Until next time, this is Araya signing off from Get Celebritized. It's not who you know, it's who knows you. Get those microphones in front of you and be the voice of your story. Have a good one. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening to Get Celebritized with Araya McGarry. We hope this episode inspires you to earn more, live more, and give back more. To learn more about Araya, visit her website, arayamagarry.com, and make sure to follow her at Araya McGarry Productions on Instagram and join her on Clubhouse at Celebritize Your Business. And don't forget to rate and review this podcast. Thanks again for listening to Get Celebritized with Araya McGarry.